Kedushin, Perik Base, Mishnah Aleph 2-1. And now we return to our regularly scheduled program. We had, for a whole Perik, gone off topic since the first Mishnah talked about the various ways by which a man could be Makadish's wife. Uh, we talked about other kinds of Kinyanim, and then we went on to other deals with uh, marriage, family building, and then mitzvahs in general. Now we return back to the topic of Kedushin in earnest. And it says, Ha'ish Mekadesh Bo Uvishlucho. A man is able to be Mekadesh, his wife, Bo, himself personally, Uvishlucho, or with his agent. Now, I just want to point out here, and this is a regular construction, the man is the like the active player in this Kedushin. The woman has to certainly um, consent to the transaction, and really that's the, the crux of it, as I said before, is in any transaction, the woman's transferring, in this case, her rights to whom she'll marry, her marriage rights toward the husband, and therefore she has to consent. There needs to be a meeting of the minds, and then subsequent to the meeting of the minds is going to be this Misa Kinyan, which will affect the transfer of those rights. Um, in that first Mishnah, the first Masech, of the first parak, I should say, um, Mishnah 1.1, we had said Ha'isha Nikness, the, a woman or a wife is acquired. Um, there we had her in the passive voice because we we're focusing on the fact that she has to consent to it. But here we go back to the primary active participant in this, uh, which is the man, and we're saying he is Mekadesh, the wife, himself, Bo Uvishlucho, or through an agent. Now, the basic Chiddush of this sentence in the Mishnah is that a person can use an agent um, to do something on his behalf, and that's a general rule, which is actually um, affected throughout Kol Kula, which says that Shlucho Shel Adam Komoso, a person's agent, is uh, legally tantamount to himself. Um, if you just learned um, Gitin, part to Kedushin, so then we'd have that at great length. Um, but this is a general principle. It's actually learned out from a Pasuk referring to the Korban Pesach. It doesn't matter the Limud right now. The point is that um, a person could authorize a third party to go find a woman and give her a ring or something and make um, effect Kedushin on his behalf, and that would definitely work. That, of course, is a Chiddush. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a good idea. In fact, there's an Isser Durabanan for an agent to marry, to effect Kedushin for a fellow who hasn't yet seen the prospective wife. Uh, the reason why is because we're concerned that, you know, the fellow finds out he has a new wife, he decides he doesn't like her after all, or doesn't like how she looks or something, and therefore he won't like her appropriately, and he'll fail in his basic obligation of of Vatlarecha Kamocha, which says that you have to have, you know, whatever you'd want for yourself, you want for other people, and who in the world would want to be in a marriage where the spouse doesn't like them? And therefore, um, there's actually a rabbinic prohibition against um, the shaliach marrying someone who the mishaleach, the, the husband, hasn't first um, seen a met. Uh, notwithstanding that, the Mishnah actually, once it says that you can be mekadosh with a shaliach, it seems that it's redundant to say bo uvashlucho, himself or through an agent. It stands to reason it's sort of um, a Homer. It's, it's obvious that if he can use a third party to marry him, marry someone on his behalf, he can do it himself. But the Gemara says that this is actually very specific to teach you a, base, a basic point, that a person um, could be Makadish himself, and that's the preferable way to do it. There's a general rule, which also applies throughout Kol Torah Kula, which is that it's adif, it's better that a person should do the marrying himself, because it's better that a person should be involved in mitzvahs with his own person, being, you know, a person who's active and involved in doing mitzvahs, as opposed to, um, you know, delegating that 
that opportunity to somebody else to do it on his behalf. So while it's possible to appoint an agent, it's preferable a person should do the mitzvah himself, and that's true for all the mitzvahs in the whole Torah, essentially. Whenever a person has to do a mitzvah for whatever reason, it's better he does it himself. He'll get more schar by being involved himself. That's preferable to delegating somebody else, in which case he would get less schar. Um, one notable exception, if you will, is the rabbinic mitzvah of Mishloch Manos on Purim, that's because of a Pasuk, which says that a person, it talks about the word, when you say the word shaliach, so it's, the mishaliach means to send through a third party, hence we have a custom of kind of ideally passing the gifts on through a third party, uh, but that's an exception to the rule. The mission continues and says, Ha'isha miskadeshes ba So similarly, a woman can become married herself by accepting the the kesef or star, it goes without saying that bia is not an option uh, as a mechanism for for kedushin through a shliach. It just it's not a legal possibility. Um, but in any case, uh, a woman could appoint a, an agent to receive, let's say, the ring on her behalf. Ba uvishlucha, she can do it herself. She can receive the ring herself, or um, she can appoint a third party to do it for her. Again, the basic chiddush here is that the woman can appoint a third party who will act as her agent. Again, better she do it than her agents, hence the ba also. Um, and worth noting is that unlike the rabbinic prohibition of a man getting an agent to get him a wife whom he hasn't yet met, there's no such restriction on a woman. And the idea is that once a woman is resorting to getting an agent to find her husband, and she's authorizing the agent to do so, so then the general principle is that what the Gemara says is, Tav of tandu, milamet of armalo. Uh, a woman then would rather have anybody and be a, a, a couple than to sit around a spinster alone with nobody. Um, that probably is a basic psychological assessment of, of, of women and their approach in general, but it also, I'm sure, is influenced by the difficulty of being a single woman in the time of the Mishnah, which is more acute than it is today. At all events, um, I want to point out, it's only because the woman has come to the situation. We're not just saying that any woman would rather have any husband than no husband. We're not saying that at all. In fact, to the contrary, and you'll see that in the next line of the Mishnah, because the Mishnah goes on to say that Ha'ish Mekadash Esbito Kishihi Nara Bo Uvishlucho. A man, a father, can Mekadash his daughter, meaning he can accept the cast of Kedushin, the ring, let's say, on her behalf when she's in Na'ara. Um, he can do it, or his shaliach can do it for him. Now, Nara is a girl who is within the first six months after her bat mitzvah. Bat mitzvah being defined as when she becomes 12 years old and also has the onset of puberty, as evidenced by having two hairs. So, the the um, it's certainly true that he could also accept kedushin for her when she is a katana, a minor, less than 12. But the Gemara says that's not derech eretz. That's not appropriate behavior. And uh, under normal circumstances, and there's really two separate issues. The first is it's just a little young to marry a girl off, if she's that young. Um, and secondly, we want um, the girl, who's now, we'll call her 12 years old, um, to disapprove of the match, if she indeed disapproves of it. So you see from that, the Gemara pointing out that we want proper derech eretz, the proper ways that a girl should be old enough at 12, which the Gemara thought was old enough to make this decision, because they got married when they were 12, essentially. That was normal. Um, to sort of vet the prospective husband and object if she wanted to object. So you see, there's not a basic assumption that any girl would be happy with any husband. That's simply, obviously, patently not true, and the Gemara accepts that as well. But um, once a woman's appointing a shaliach, she'd rather have anybody than nobody, and we're not afraid she won't come to, she'll wish she didn't get married in the first place. Under normal circumstances, assuming she has a normal husband. 
Um, so that is that. Now, um, worth pointing out that the girl, although she is past 12 years old as a Nara, and therefore she could affect legal transactions on her own, um, since she remains uh, under normal circumstances in her father's domain, she's still a 12-year-old girl, of course, therefore it's the father is the one who would accept the condition for her and not herself. Once she passes 12 and a half, she becomes a Kula Bogaris, a full-grown, mature, 12-and-a-half-year-old woman, and at that point, um, she would be the one and the only one who could accept the Kedushin on her behalf. Okay, we'll learn that later on. The Mishnah now goes on to kind of a new thought here, like a new paragraph. In fact, in the Gemara, it's a new Mishnah. It says, Ha'omer le'isha, if a man says to a woman, Hiskajili b'tamarazu, be married to me with this date, like the fruit, the date, instead of a ring. And then he says another time, Hiskachli Bazu, he gives her a second date, saying a second time, be married to me with this date. So then, If any one of those dates individually have the value of a Shavapruta, at least one Pruta's value, then she's married, but if none of them have individually the value of one full Pruta, she's not married, even if in aggregate the total value of all the dates add up to be more than a pruta. And the reason why is because since he said hiskadshili twice, so each time he's saying it, it's as if he's once again trying to affect kadushin. And as we said from the outset, the kadushin is not, you're not buying a woman, you're talking about the value, it's a, it's a technicality of that you're effecting this kid in this transaction, transferring rights, and that requires the minimum amount of value of kesef, Pruta. So since he tried two attempts at it, he says hiskachi li bazu, hiskachi li bazu, both times, each time, if, if neither of those two times had the requisite minimum amount of the pruta value, it didn't work once in either time. So she's not married. So you don't aggregate them together. Um, in contrast, if he said kind of one long sentence, if you will, he says hiskachi li, be married to me, he says that just one time, but then he says, bazu, uvazu, uvazu, but this one, comma, and this one, comma, and this one, and he's giving her a, a new date with each time he's saying this one, and this one, and this one. So he's got one long sentence that he's building up. He's only asking it one time, and he's trying to affect the Kedushin with this single act, which is being dragged out over time, but it's a single attempted act at affecting Kedushin. So then, we would aggregate the value of all of the Dates together. Im yeshava pruta b'chulan says the Mishnah. If the total value of all the dates together adds up to being a pruta, then mukudeshes she's married because even though he said bazu bazu bazu, and he kind of dragged out the sentence when he gets to the period at the end of the sentence. So he said only one time, be married to me. She got something worth of shava pruta. She accepted them. She agreed to it. There was a meeting of the minds to effect the marriage. It was done with something that in total was worth more than a pruta in aggregate, and therefore she'll be married. Vim love, but if they don't, of course, add up to Pruta and Nagrat, then Ena Mukadeshis, then she won't be married. Um, that is um, probably pretty self-evident, uh, but it's it's uh, it adds the parallelism of the previous case, of course, where you talked about two separate acts of attempting to effect Kedushin. Now, the last case is if. Same to the previous case, he said one long sentence with a bunch of commas. He said, be married to me with this one, comma, and this one, comma, and this one. And what's going on here is as he's giving her the dates, she's eating them. So that by the time he gets to the period at the end of his single sentence, be married to me with this and this and this and this, all that's left is, let's call it the last date. 
So do we add up the value of all those dates um, to see if it's a, a pruta worth or not? And the Mishnah is going to say, no, we do not. And the reason why is because the principle, as it's cited, is ain a person not able to be makadish bemilva. A person can't be makadish uh, with a with a loan. If a person is a makadish bemilva, ain a makadish, she's not married. The idea being that let's say a woman owes me a pruta or a million dollars for that matter, and I say, be married to me with my being mochel, me relinquishing my claim on that loan. So the woman now on her personal balance sheet is becoming a pruta or a million dollars richer, but that will not work to affect Kedushan. And the reason why I hope is pretty obvious, because the mechanics are we're doing a transaction where the mice akin and the taking the ring affects the transaction subsequent to the meeting of the minds that we want to affect Kedushan here. But by me saying, let's be married if I waive your debt to me, and she says, great, well, there hasn't been the Maisa Kinnon. She hasn't taken something. She hasn't received something of value to effect the transaction. So, of course, it doesn't work. What's happening here in our Mishnah is that um, as he's giving her the date, but he hasn't yet got to the, the period at the end of a sentence. He says, be married to me with this and this and this and this. He's still in the middle of his thought, in the middle of his declaration that this is going to affect the Kedushan. And she's, meanwhile, receiving these dates. So each date is considered to be like a picadon. It's like a, on deposit with her until he gets to the punchline of the period of the sentence, in which case all the dates will now be hers to receive for effecting Kedushan. But if she's eating them as she's holding them, basically she's building up a debt to him. So when he gets to like the the period at the end of a sentence, the final ubazu, and with this final date, if all she has left in her hands is one last date, and that date isn't worth a Shavapruta, so then she can't be married to him because now there's a meeting of the minds, there's a declaration, and she needs to receive a Shavapruta worth of something, and she doesn't. She just has one date, and it's not worth a Shavapruta. So all it would be is the date plus the the loan, if you will, that she's incurred, the debt she's incurred with other dates, which isn't good enough. And therefore the Mishnah says... If she's eating them one by one as she's getting the dates, and he hasn't yet got to the period at the end of a sentence of his kajli, bazoo, bazoo, bazoo. So then, she won't be married unless, literally, in one of them, one of the dates, there is a shavarpruta of value. Now, the Gemara says it's not any one of the dates, it's specifically the last one of the dates. The point is being the date she has in her hand at the end. And I'll just sort of generalize it. Say it's not about one date. It's about what whatever dates she has in her hand when he gets the period at the end of a sentence saying, be married to me with this, this, and this. So when he gets to the end of a sentence, whatever's left in her hands, she accepts those. If they're worth a pruta, then she's married. If not, not. The Mishnah's case was she's eating them one by one. Therefore, necessarily, she's left with just the last one in her hand when, when he gives it to her. And at that point, if that one, that last one is worth a pruta, she's married. And if not then she isn't married.